Hey everyone. So, if you imagine unthreading a very big sweater or a very big blanket, that's a little bit how the undoing of everything is, right? In this medicine. I refer to, I, I think about it too like an ice block melting. And when I think about when I was younger, I sort of was hunched over, right? Like a tree, right? When the winds blow very, very powerfully, right? It's, it's, the winds are so powerful that it's bent into the shape. It's sort of like at an angle to the side. In this allowing yourself to melt, to undo the threads of that very big, thick blanket. In the sort of return to the sort of tree that stands tall, how you get back is by experiencing the unexperienced, the experiences that you've refused, the experiences that you've accepted. I was thinking about it. I mean, when you think of all the barbarity, I'm thinking about energies that has happened, whether it's the slaughter of every, all the Indians in South America or, you know, the slavery and the servitude, uh, all these people. I mean, I just was listening today that the the Brits, the, the monarchy actually stamped slaves with the, the name of the king or something. It was horrific. Or what happened in, in Germany and the slaughter of people. It's just all that energy of horror doesn't just go away, right? We're capable of barbarity. And if you've, if you've experienced sort of severe trauma early on, it's, it's, it's like being stampeded. It, it's like you never come out of the ground because one battalion of mercenaries have sort of stampeded over you and then, then another, you know, and then another because if there's severe trauma early on, there's already an agenda by the person or the predator. It, as I said, it's not a one-day affair, usually. If innocence has been injured, it's, it's going to happen again and again. Right? Which, and that injury is the formation of that tree that's sort of lived in the hurricane and is now sort of bent over, right? So you are sort of the personification of a history that's happened to you, right? And, and you can't necessarily see it or a person on the outside can't see it because it lives within you, right? But you can't, and that's the thing about mental health, is you, you can't see the damage. 
from the outside, I can't see if that person is truly suffering, right? So this is why it's such an ephemeral thing to talk about and to live in and to heal in, right? Unless you're sitting on a couch across another human being who's got a clipboard who's listening to your issues, those issues are being talked about, right? But I can't see the damage it's done to your heart, the damage it's done to your, your being, the energy that lives within you that's been, you know, basically stamped on your whole energetic system. So when you're returning or when you're healing, so in trauma, if it, it's like, you know, the earth being hit by a comet, right? Suddenly, you know, the winds are gusting and the seas are just like you know, a thousand foot waves and it's just like the whole earth is undergoing this huge kind of like apocalyptic end of the world thing. That's what trauma's like as a child. This threat of death and you can't control the situation. But you have to adjust to it, right? And that moment, that apocalyptic moment is like marked in every cell of your body. There's a memory of it. You might not remember the actual event, but it's like background radiation. It's, it's, it's drumming through your system. It's, it's throbbing in your system. And again, I talk about it like being low-level anxiety. It's, it's, the, it's the, the memory of this apocalyptic event that, you know, brought you to your knees. And the only way to handle it, to deal with it, was to pretend it never happened. Because you you can't take that in as a child. You can't, you know, you can't integrate that. It's just the visceral response to the apocalypse, which is what it's like for a child. This little innocent, it's like, you know, being a little deer in the middle of this huge savanna alone. And then suddenly, right, fucking someone drops a nuclear bomb. And, and in that moment, the wiring of your brain changes forever. And you're quickly mounting up defense mechanisms, especially in thinking. Thinking itself, thoughts, are two weapons of defense. One of the most difficult things in ceremony is to stop thinking. The medicine is trying to come through and you're... If you if you've only if you only just started the medicine and you're traumatized and you have a lot of it's almost like they're arrows, right? These thoughts. They're defending, 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 trying to make reality work. That's what thoughts do. They try to adjust, they try to convert, they try to cover up to make it okay for you. It's a defense mechanism. Many times in ceremony, you'll hear the shaman say, you've got to stop thinking. 
because you won't let the medicine in, right? It's too scary. The medicine can't do the work if you're in resistance to the medicine. And that can be in many ways, one of which is thinking. I'm going to think my way out of this. I had a client who had a ceremony and it was a private ceremony. And in the first ceremony, he was all, you know, yes, he was all open and puking and seeing and whatever. And the second day, like, all the thoughts came back, right? Like, oh, I'm going to fix this. Oh, I know what's going to... Oh, I know... So there are many forms of armor that we have to deal with the undealable, right? With the impossible. And cleverly, we they help us survive, right? The way we think, what we believe, how we camouflage, how we build defense mechanisms, how we, you know, lie under dead people when the enemy's coming in. But when you come to the medicine, everything that you have refused, whether through thought, whether through refusal, whether through anything, needs to be exposed. You don't know how, how deep the archaeological dig is. You don't know how many layers you have refused. So that's why there's no knowing how this thing, when this thing ever ends. The only clue I've had is these dark entities that come through me. And these dark entities are terror. They're like dragons of terror. Right? And the, the dragons of terror are the first, or, or you may have dreams, or for me it comes up physically, right? I have one now which is just writhing. It's huge. So behind the dragon of terror lies a truth. Lies something that you have refused. It's almost like, you know, the dragon at the gate of the cave or in Harry Potter, right? The dragon that lies in front of the basement. So you can't get in to know the secret, the secret that will change everything or will give you another huge energetic break of freedom from you know, being enslaved by terror and by events that you have refused. The more you probe, the more you release the person that has imprisoned you. you you're only imprisoned and powerless as long as you refuse to see the events. And understandably, if the events are happening when you're a child... You've got to black them out, right, to survive. Because if you're actually aware of them, you might die, right? So it's the, in the medicine, there's like very little to do other than to really keep facing the hurdles 
and the walls that you have refused to survive. And you think, well, perhaps there's one or two. You don't know until you go in. I always say the more distraction there is, usually the more fear there is, right? And like in meditation, the art of meditation is to sit still. To sit still. To allow everything to just happen. Let the thoughts come up and just not respond. If you don't respond, they lose power, right? It's almost like a billiard ball. If I hit the billiard ball and the ball has a response, it goes somewhere else, right? I've displaced its energy. If the billiard ball doesn't move, right? There's a hit to the ball, but it's rooted. It's not hemorrhaging energy. It's not moving elsewhere. It's just sitting there and it's seeing, it's confronting the truth. If I'm running away from the monster that's chasing me, I don't want to look back and see the monster. I think that that's a way of dealing with the situation and survival. But every time I run from the monster, I'm depleting energy and the monster wins my power because I'm terrified. So in the same, same way that a billiard ball, if you hit it, stays... It's, it faces the monster. It faces the energy that's chasing it. The monster, whatever you want to, however that is conjured up for you, whatever the event was that terrified you, it loses its momentum. The, the, you're taking the terror out of the event. You can face the event. You can face the truth of what happened. And in that seeing, you reclaim power. You reclaim your sovereignty, which is what trauma does. It steals your sovereignty. It steals your power. In the end, the ability to see everything that you have refused, and without judgment, by the way, you know, you had to refuse it. You were too little, whatever. It, it, that really doesn't matter. The act of just being able to overcome the terror, to actually relive the event, means that you, you're pulled out of the burial ground. Right? If you're sitting in the corner with your hand over your head, like squeezing your kneecaps together, right? Which I'm sure I did many times as a child. I didn't want to see the, know the situation. You're owned. So it's, it's all in the, uh, the willingness to face the terror and to see the truth, and then you puke it out. In ceremony, you puke it out. It usually comes as the terror is usually either something that you, you feel absolutely uncomfortable with. Here in this not being in ceremony, it comes up 
through me as this entity. It's it's like a gargoyle. It's like a dragon. I don't know how to call it. But it has a phys- it has an energy. It's like it literally you can see it in my face. It's just like my face contorts. It's it's a spirit. It's something inside of me that's terrifying me. Right. In ceremony, it comes through your system. Like there's this unbelievable sickness. It's, it's like it's like energy. It's like it's it's trying to hold on. And you don't want to see it, right? So, but when you say, yeah, okay, I'm going to face it, you, you kind of pick up the courage to face it, then you puke it out. And when you puke it out, you see exactly what happened. There was one particular event um, when I was doing a, in a ceremony um, where, I mean, I felt so sick, like so fucking sick. Finally, I just puked it out. Oh, no, first I saw it. It was my father holding my hand, waiting for the pimp to show up to sell me. I mean, I was literally like a drone. I was like, I could see it from the bottom. I could see it from above. And it was just like, oh, it was so horrific. And then pff, huge, there's a huge purging. Once you've seen it, it's like your whole system is then kind of rewired as you think. You, you expel the event. You're not holding it. You're not holding back from seeing the truth. Which is what you do as a child. You have to survive. So you have to refuse the truth of what's going on over and over and over again. And again, as I said, it's not... If, it, if there's already something bad going on in your home with someone, whoever that is, then... It's not just happening once, right? It's usually happening over and over and over. And you then have to adapt to that. So when the medicine says, or when you commit to healing, it's everything, right? So the medicine is starting from the moment that the sort of apocalypse happened, the event happened that shut you down. Every single thread, every single piece of you that has been wired in that apocalypse, in that shutdown, will be revealed. Now, it depends again how it works for you, but because mine was so severe, I shut down and then all the events that happened later, I just had no feeling with, I mean, big events that happened. I just, and that's after all the trauma early on. So the medicine will, I mean, she uncovers everything that you, every event that you refuse to see the truth of will be addressed. It's like your heart is open. You are ready now to re-experience the heartbreak. And it's heartbreak when you realize the things you've had to do to cover up the trauma or the events that you've undergone, right? Or, Or accepted in the wake of the horror that happened to you early on. 
So it's a thorough cleansing. And that's why I say it's like, you know, that the, this one thread that's built this whole thing is just being pulled and pulled and pulled and pulled. And you will be asked for you to come back. You need for you to come back for you to live as your soul or your divinity or whatever you truly are, the authenticity of your very being, which is divinity, every single human being, right? I think about that Buddha, that they, that gold Buddha that they caked in clay so that nobody would take it, right? So that you have all these layers around you, all these layers and layers and layers of things that you've not accepted, that you've refused to survive, this armor, this... And then somebody broke a piece of that clay and saw that underneath there was gold. So that's really it. Your divinity is this incredible diamond, this incredible, magnificent piece of this divinity. But it's been caked in all this trauma and all the consequences because it's not just the trauma that's the event. It's then how... If I'm shaped in this way, then everything else that happens is, it lives in reference to that trauma. If I've accepted that, then I'll accept all this other horrific stuff. Right? So, I mean, it's, it's a whole continent that she's going to clean, that this, this medicine... Um, it, the medicine doesn't stop. That's what I suppose I want to say. The medicine doesn't stop until every aspect of you has been addressed. Every aspect of you that you had to bastardize, that you had to sort of convert into Frankenstein, right, to survive. Every piece of it, you will meet every fear, every demon, every person that refused you and every time you come up to that next truth the first thing you're going to encounter is the fear the fear converted into you know a powerful energetic entity the fear converted into you know being in a ceremony and feeling like you're dying because that's the that's the, the fear holding on right because you're desperate to not see what's next, what it's, it, what, what it's holding back, right? There's always a clue when there's fear. And there's terror. And the refuse, like, I don't want to, you know, oh, you feel really sick. Usually it's when you're, you feel really sick in a ceremony. It's like, oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. <laughs> And um, the deeper you go into the medicine, you know, the more you can, the more you can withstand. One of the things they say is that the medicine, the medicine doesn't get easier as you get deeper, because now you're getting closer and closer to to the very 
apocalypse, right? Usually the, the bigger things are left till last. Because the medicine's only gonna, it's gonna, you know, it's like a test. It's gonna say, okay, can you do all that little blow up? Yes, okay, I can handle that. Now you can handle this, because you, she's strengthening you, right? She's strengthening you to, to face the bigger explosions, to, to face the bigger truth that you've refused, right? She can't give you a huge task if you're just a newbie, right? If you've just, you're just beginning this relationship. The medicine is going to test you and give you, you know, smaller little fires to put out. But the more you're strengthened, the more she knows you're capable of dealing with the bigger stuff. So when you go into this medicine, you have to really surrender to knowing that you don't know. Because I'm like, wait a minute, why is this huge, you know, this other massive dragon thing coming up now? Like, what the fuck is this, right? I thought I dealt with it, but I thought, I thought I've had tons of these entities. Like, you know, I, I, I could never admit that I was so smothered, right? It was just horror, right? So, you have to be willing to follow the lead of the medicine. That's, again, part of the massive trust. And now you don't, you know, if you've been in the medicine and been blown up a few times, you don't really have defense mechanism. I don't have thoughts that can pretend this away, right? I don't have, I don't have any mechanisms, which I had growing up, of you know, being able to hide something or PR something or, you know, cover something up. I don't have any of those mechanisms. I mean, they've just been, right, it's like old Soviet tanks. They're just out of commission. I don't have any tools for defense, right? All I have now is this trust in a bigger thing that tells me when I'm ready to see whatever I'm ready to see. Right? And again, every time you face something, you're dissolved, there's an ex some major event happens within your system with this energetic realm that reconfigures you. In that reconfiguration is your new strength. You're being rebuilt. The poison, I imagine like 10,000 darts in your system, which has shaped you in a particular way because of the way they've been fired at you, as it's being, they're being taken out, you're being reconfigured, right? Your whole energetic shape is being, it's like taking air out of a balloon. If you're taking all this energetic shit out of your system, your system is being reconfigured. But for that to be removed, you must then be awake for the event. 
you can't like for me I just comed out this event that event coma 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 I'm just I don't want to see it didn't like it didn't happen didn't like it didn't happen right it's I can't accept it the child is I cannot accept this I don't know what it is I can't handle it and I have to survive so I'm just gonna black out so it's a series of steps and in and events and it's this journey into the unknown, but it's actually into your psyche. It's unknown because this, these events have been so, you know, horrific for you. You can't handle them. So the medicine strengthens your heart, takes down all your defense mechanisms, uh, becomes an ally in your life, and, and guides you and strengthens you to be able to confront whatever needs to be confronted so it can be expelled out of your system so you can be made whole. In the end, she makes you whole. In trauma, it's like, again, running a tank over a teacup. It's just you're splattered into 10,000 pieces, right? There is no you. You, re- you know, in, in love, you require a mirror to reflect and to blossom you. In trauma, there is no mirror. And you're in the dark, being run over again and again by a tank. Right? And you're at 10,000 pieces. And you're trying to make sense of the impossible. By hiding this over there, by, you know, pretending that didn't happen, by accepting this horror over... It's just all this... Michigas that's happening in the dark. Right? It's pulling the thread so that this this whole this whole thing that you had to handle is being dissolved. It was unacceptable. You know, how much, how many of us have to accept the unacceptable from everything? From racism to sexual abuse to being silenced. I mean, just look around the world. There's no need to me. You you just see it everywhere. Somebody has to deal with the untenable. Some people have have to accept the unacceptable. I mean, the cartels in Mexico, the people being shot, I mean, chopped up, I mean, right? How do we deal with the things that keep us refused? We have to refuse ourselves to accept the things that refuse us. Again, it's like being in life with a foot on the brake, right? In order for me to survive this place, I have to accept this horrific situation. Think about the Jews in Second World War being put into like these fucking freight trains to be taken to be killed. Right? How powerless is that position? I have to accept the unacceptable. Somebody has determined this about me. 
It's interesting how all of this happens on a macro level, micro level. It's really happening all over the place, right? Whether it's a spider catching a fly in its web, how meticulous and sophisticated that is, right? To devour it. Or a parent grooming a child for abuse, or a, a, an adult grooming a child for abuse. How sophisticated that whole game is. Or a, a leader, you know, making people believe that this particular community needs to be refused and killed. We see it all over the world. It's not, again, these things are happening on all sorts of different levels. And in sort of the large communal thing is we fight back or, right, we protest, we yell, we scream. When it's in on an individual level, it's happened to you directly, you've been stampeded or wiped out in your own home, right? Or the event has happened behind closed doors. And again, it could be anything. It doesn't matter what the event is. It's the refusal. The, you have to accept this thing. I have a friend who, who comes from a very religious background and whose father abused all the children, seven children. And then, of course, in that confusion is the mix of religion and it's just this really messy control, right? with authorities and guilt and it's just fucking shit show it's a sewer pit right to get out of that that's how the stampeding happens guilt and especially again if it's in childhood because of the unbelievable that's when the cooking is at, is at its most powerful that's when you're being really powerfully cooked so by the time you come to this medicine, you're fully cooked, you're fully buried, you're fully fossilized. So for the medicine to really dissolve you, it takes time to fully take the thread out and to really, you know, dissolve that shape. It's like you're frozen in that place, right? So it's not just your contending with the event that happened to you that shut you down or traumatized you. It's usually embedded in a whole very sophisticated game of making you believe that you're wrong, that you're wrong to challenge what was done to you. This friend actually saw his, her father abusing the children in the bathtub. I mean, she looked right at him. And yet, as a, as a little three-year-old, and yet continued to protect him, right? You can't challenge the predator because the child is always wrong. In a divorce, the child will always take, always take responsibility for what happened. It's not the child's fault. 
So it means you have to swallow the rage, the air, all that stuff. You're just, again, stampeded. So when you come to come out of the ground, when you, you say, no, I, I'm going to challenge this, you know, and again, I would never have done it without the medicine because that's, you know, basically, for me, has been the most powerful because of the energetic dynamite that comes with it. You know, to get even to the events, there was tons of work before I even got to see a tiny piece of this. A lot of stories and like, versions and, you know, you will not want to see it. So, it is like <laughs> we build these identities and we think they're solid. And then the medicine shows us that nothing is really that solid. And that, yes, you can be stamped and coded by these dark energies, by these, by people, and then be uncoded. That you can, it's almost like the Big Bang, right? The Big Bang, there's just like bits of rock floating around and there's a lot of stuff and it's, there's all this cooking and then suddenly everything's hardened, right? Suddenly there are planets and it seems very organized and sort of finished, which is what you are when you come to the medicine, you think you're finished. And then you realize Actually, this is just a piece of material built in a particular way by particular conditions that you can uncook. You can rewind the tape. But it's interesting because to rewind the tape, you have to give it all up. You have to give up all your defenses and you have to give up all your beliefs and there's a dissolution of everything. Especially every time you face another piece of information that is ter that terrified you as a child that you, you, you just can't handle, right? That this universe is building and then undoing, building and then undoing, building and everything is in this constant state of flux, of movement. There's nothing solid, is really what I'm saying. And our, our need for solidity and for security actually becomes our vault, our burial vault. And for the child, it's either I refuse this or I die or there's just black right? there's only two options when you're in the medicine you realize oh it's not like there's either the dark or death there's the acceptance of dark or death but actually there's life and there's divinity and there's all this other stuff that you cannot see as a child that is you have no access to as a child which is why it's very clever, which is what well, they say, give me a kid from zero to seven, I'll give you a Jesuit for life. 
they understood that in that very tenuous, powerless place, children only have two options, to agree or to die, right? They can't see anything else. They're in that twilight of consciousness of arrival, which is where the darkness usually waits. So no matter how long it takes to dethread the jumper, right, or the blanket, you just have to keep following the thread. And sometimes it'll stop and you'll be like, you know, when you're stopping and you're kind of like, uh, because it's another thing that you need to face. I don't really see it as time anymore. It's just, it needs to be done. And however long it takes is what it's, you know, whatever needs to be done will be done. And you sort of know and there's also enormous compassion for like the fear of facing it, right? It's like, okay, because what you pick up is all this love, this divine love. And then consequently, because you take down your defenses, the enormous love for yourself, which becomes greater really than the fear, right? When you're connected back to sort of source, I mean, what else is there? I mean, right? You realize there's no real death, right? But it's still scary to go up to, but you continue. Because now your heart's open, you know there's love. You know that there's love for yourself, there's love for other people. There's this connection to source. And the knowledge that the medicine will only take you to the place that you can get through because she's strengthened you, given you the love and the power to face whatever you need to face. All of it really is building a relationship with love, right? You re, you're rebuilding this connection with love, with love for yourself, right? There's no love if there's trauma. And the reinforcement of that love through your connection to the medicine. Now, you know, a mother's love isn't always easy. Sometimes it's extremely fierce, right? The lessons are not easy. But when a mother really cares for you, right? She, you, she's, she's watching you. She's giving you the confidence to go face whatever. But she's sitting there by the sides like she knows. Right? She's there with you. She's holding you. She, she's, it's like, you know, the first day at school. The little kid looks back. It knows its mother's always there. Oh, I can go into this unknown place, right? I'm only four, whatever. I know I'm loved. I know I'm, I know I'm seen. That by itself gives you all the strength to go and face any demon, no matter how big, no matter how terrifying. It's that love. It's that security. It's that trust. It's everything that never existed in that trauma. Bye.